Let's talk about that speech with Claire and Rachel. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Let's Talk About Speech podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Claire. And we're back for another episode. Last week, we talked all about short films, which we had really awesome feedback about. Um, I feel like we heard a lot of you use short films and you use them in different ways than we do. Or some of you said that you haven't used them and you're looking forward to it. So we had some awesome feedback about that. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that topic. It was really fun to make that episode. And this episode we're super excited about because today we are talking all about mindfulness and we have a super special guest. So today we have a very special guest on our show, Marie Murataya. I said it right. Yes. (laughs) She is the founder of her own podcast and blog. Thanks, Morris. I'm sure you've heard of her. Um, She's also on Instagram and we both love following her. She's created a really inspiring movement called Say Thanks More. And she's also created a journal that's associated with that movement. And it's focused on daily gratitude and mindfulness. And we are so excited to talk with her about what mindfulness is and especially what mindfulness is in our career as speech pathologists. So Marie, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. I'm so excited to be Yay. here. And you in <laughs> person. And, yeah, absolutely. And I guess we can just start with, could you tell us what mindfulness is for those of us that might not know? Um, I think we all kind of have a general idea, but just kind of what it is. Sure. Um, I mean, and like it, it could be a totally subjective thing because when I mm. was thinking about this, I was like, you know, for me, it's not something I've ever like put into a lot of thought. I just know mindfulness for me is the ability to check in with myself. If I gave it like a quick sentence, that's really what it means. Because when you can really reflect on what's going on inside, Mm -hmm. it helps you uh, be a little bit more accepting and open to the things that are going on outside. And I think that um, by nature, I've always had a very reflective personality. So anything that happens to me, not that I overthink it. Sometimes I do. Um, but we all do. Yeah. I'm the queen of overthinking everything. <laughs> but, and I think like, you know, when I was younger, like in high school or even middle school with like puberty and stuff like that, overthinking mm-hmm. nature tends to be something where like, it's, it's my desire to really like reflect on what is happening in my world. Um, And so as I've grown and as I've obviously figured out the things that work for me to cope with the things that are going on in the world, Mm -hmm. um, I've learned that what is happening, you know, what my inner environment looks like directly affects what's, how I'm reacting to my outside environment and whatever, whatever changes might be taking place. Um, So I think it's just really that ability to find the strategies that work for you to help you look inside yourself to be more mindful for the world outside of you. Um, Especially now. Oh my God. I was just going to say that it's a crazy time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like mindfulness now more than ever should really be ingrained in everyone and try and take the time. Because if you don't, like number one, you can burn out and no one likes that. And no one wants to wake up and like not want to go to your job, but also I found that like, it just makes you feel better as a whole in all aspects of your life. So if you're happy at 
work, you're going to be happy at home because you're not going to be upset coming home from work or dreading going in and things like that. So it kind of like dominoes or snowballs on each other. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey as far as a speech therapist and how mindfulness has kind of played a role and been so important in your profession? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, when it came to even just deciding on a career, um, I had such a hard time. I loved school. I loved, you know, being in high school, I was so excited to go to college, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that I wanted to do good. And I think that's a lot of people have that kind of, you know, I know I want to do something to make a difference. I know I want to make an impact on the world. Um, But, you know, it took me a couple years in community college going through different majors and finding, you know, kind of stumbling across speech pathology, um, you know, to really feel like, this, this really resonates with me because um, I, I just, I feel like it brings out a lot of that altruistic side of me. It brings out a lot of patience in me that I didn't know I had, you know, when I was mm-hmm. in undergrad, um, working with clients as an undergrad student, I was like, oh, I'm really a patient person. And I didn't think, you know, I didn't know that about myself. And then having, like I said, I had more of that, you know, reflective quality um, about me kind of helped me and and side note but my mom was the first person to ever give me a gratitude journal and to really instill the practice of gratitude in me and my siblings um and i was one that because i was just very open to that i think when she did that back in my high school days mm-hmm. um i consistently wanted to keep journaling and always had a diary and you know always like I will still spend my, now I have my own journal, but I will spend my money right. on all the journals. Anytime I'm at a store and I see one that's cute. Cause I love yeah. writing in journals and I love just having that time to myself to do so. And so, um, when I was, you know, finally kind of decided, okay, I'm going to go for speech pathology. I was also, you know, very much reflecting on it and, and figuring out, oh my gosh, this, this career really feels like good for me and really resonates with, who I am. And I just, you know, I feel like, um, the connections I'm making with other people are not only, you know, good for them and helping them, but they're also helping me grow as a human. But, um, you know, then (laughs) as we all have gone through getting into grad school really tested all of that. Everything. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I thought, yeah, I've got this and I'm a, you know, I'm a huge, like, um, especially with that. I was like, you know, they tell you, oh yeah, one in 20 are going to get in. And I'm like, nah, not me. I got this, you know? And then when, um, you know, I applied to a bunch of different grad school programs and was getting a denial letter after denial, after denial, like I started to lose it. And I was, I had to come back to that place of, okay, you know, and of course had my mom, had my mama there saying, well, what are you grateful for Marie? And, and how can you shift your perspective and accept whatever is to come and that kind of a thing? Cause I'm all about like, if you want it, it'll happen. But you, you know, there are those moments where you get tested and maybe you don't realize like maybe what I wanted at least was to be a slip of first. Like you don't know what the path is going to look like to get Mm -hmm. you there sometimes. And so I really had to sit and kind of pick that all back up again and start just going through what I was grateful for and practice just that acceptance of um, what was going on on the inside and whatever was to come on on the outside. So um, that was just really helpful. And then, you know, and then once I, I actually did get into a program, yeah. like, 
you know, and, but it did really teach me. Um, it just taught me that, you know, you don't know what's right. to come. And so it's really important to kind of be grounded with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that that's been just, that's been really huge for me just to have that to reflect on and remember Absolutely. back to it. Like, I didn't know. Right. And I think that's such a good thing for people to think about is, you know, if, if this, if these bad things or unfortunate things were happening to you and you didn't have the background of mindfulness and you didn't know how to kind of accept those things happening and reflect how much harder it would be and how much harder it is. I know for people who maybe don't have those kind of abilities or don't have that knowledge on how to practice those mindfulness strategies and things. So I think that's a really good point. Um, as far as being a speech pathologist, I am so excited to hear how you kind of incorporate that as a speech pathologist, incorporate mindfulness into your career, because I think that that's been a huge movement, not only with you, but kind of within our whole social media speech pathology world. I feel like I keep seeing it places and I'd love to kind of hear your take on that. Yeah. Um, so during my autism clinic in grad school, I had an amazing teacher who basically uh, had us reformat all of our soap notes into reflective journal entries, um, which was amazing because for me, I was like, yes, this is yeah. my, like creative writing time, um, you know, and it was, it was easy for me. I loved that because it was, you wouldn't think like after learning, like this is a soap note and this is how you do it for every client. And you know, you have your outcomes and you have your next, your plan and whatever. Um, you would think that it'd be really hard to break that. And for some students, I think it was really hard to break that mold and be like, just totally look inside and figure mm -hmm. out like, how can I adapt to that student's environment, to my client's environment? Um, but it was so fun for me. And my, I mean, she's such a great teacher. She would like sit with us and like look over our reflections together. And it was just such, such a cool time. Um, and it really, and I was going through actually at the same time, going through a lot of stuff in my outside life mm -hmm. that was not so fun. And so it was like, it kind of taught me that, that we can be reflective in this job and that it can help us in other aspects of our life. Right. Um, and so you know, looking like now four years later, um, I still feel, and that's part of why I started my own podcast, because I still feel like there are so many great opportunities for us as clinicians to, um, to, to look beyond the, you know, the data and look beyond what, um, you know, what the goals, black and white, what they say, and what we can actually, you know, get out of, you know, a 20 minute session where the student didn't say anything and we wanted them to, or whatever it is. Um, I just think it's really, I don't know, it's really cool to be able to, to take that moment and reflect and be mindful of how we're presenting whatever it is that we are with our clients. Um, and then I also think, you know, when we're doing that and when we're focusing on, the mindfulness directly within our job, it's important to be mindful outside of it and, and take the time, you know, we call it self-love or self-care. Um, whatever that looks like for you. I see all these funny memes about, you know, some people self-care isn't a glass of wine in a bubble bath. Mm -hmm. And then I have, you know, but then I'm like, some people it is like, yeah. it, it's funny because it's like, it just doesn't matter, but just do what it is for you that keeps you mindful and that keeps you grounded because it helps us as 
you know, those of us that have full or part-time or whatever careers where we're focusing on putting all our energy with our clients, like when we're with them, we want to give a hundred percent, but we can't do that if we're not giving to ourselves first. Um, so I think it's so important to remember that and to know that if we can't, if we can't take that time for ourselves, how do we expect to give it then? Then you're just like, you're pulling out of this you're empty pot of nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I think it really helps with that. It helps with flexibility. Um, and I know Rachel, you kind of mentioned burnout earlier. Yeah. So one thing I was going to say was what you had just mentioned was one thing I feel like my husband is always saying is like, stop working and put your phone down when you're at home and on the weekend, Mm -hmm. because you know, like I have a full-time job at an elementary school and I have my own private practice and then the podcast and then, Mm -hmm. you know, other things on top of that or different school obligations. And it can be a lot and I love to be busy. So that's a good thing, but you also need your time where you're just like, decompressing and getting away from that. And that is definitely something that I know I need to work on because I feel like I'm always doing something, whether it's even just like answering an email or something like that. I know that's an area I struggle with for sure. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like we all do. I feel like just us as speech pathologists are so go, go, go. And we do, we want to help everyone. We want to help every single soul out there that needs us in any way that we can. And I think that's just part of being in a helping profession, but then you also do have to realize, you know, what feeds your own soul and what makes you be the best you that you can possibly be. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So we talked about how us as speech pathologists can, um, kind of tap into mindfulness, but how do you incorporate mindfulness into sessions with students or clients? Because I know one thing that my elementary school does um, during a normal world when we're in person um, is like during our morning announcements, we have five minutes of mindfulness and it's school-wide and it's typically led by one of our social workers and whether it's like calming music or leading yoga or prompts for them to write something or something like that. So how do you incorporate it into your sessions? That's so cool, Rachel. I, love I know. That. I'm like, oh, that's, I really like that. I, um, see, and I have preschoolers. So this is something that I've, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out exactly maybe how to do it, but the beauty of mindfulness is that again, it could be so individualized, just like all of our sessions are anyways, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, it's huge to, to set up any situation for these kids that is, um, is a time for them to solely be practicing some kind of mindfulness, you know, and whether that's, um, you know, taking deep belly breaths, which I like to do with some of my kids. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I see my kids are getting, have a group of three or something and they're getting a little bit agitated and, you know, it's making me stressed out and I'm like, ah, how are we going to solve this? And I've totally just been like, everybody time for a deep breath, smell the cookies, blow on the cookies, you know, and we're just doing that. Cause I'm like, we all need to just, even that sometimes is a good, it's a good way for them to see, oh, Miss M, she's not feeling so great, <laughs> you know? And it's good for them to see, I'm using the strategy that we tell you to use every day right. too. Um, 
so creating kind of like my biggest thing for them. And when I think about all of my kids is I like to, like I talk about creating my inner environment, Mm -hmm. creating the speech environment when I bring them in or talk, when I collaborate with the teachers talking about the environment, each kid might need um, to feel safe essentially is, is part of kind of setting that up, that mindfulness um, kind of, kind of putting like incorporating into their day, like right. without, mm-hmm. you know, directly telling them we're going to be mindful. Cause that concept is really abstract for them. Big, yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, we can, we can teach those kind of reflective skills, but on a very like, uh, almost literal level, like the deep breathing, like we're going to breathe to calm our bodies down. We're going to think, you know, I do a lot of the whole body listening. So one of the things is, and I'll always go over it with them, even if they don't maybe understand it right away, but we do the caring heart and our brain is thinking about what our teachers or friends are saying. Um, and then another really cool thing that my preschool teachers do that I'll, I'll, incorporate into speech because I pull them throughout their preschool day. So by the time that I pull them, they've already had their morning, um, like opening circle time. And at their circle time, our preschool teachers do affirmations. And so, um, what is it? They say, they, so they'll say the line and then the, ch- the children will repeat it and they do that. They all have hand motions and oh. as a speech pathologist, I'm like, I love it. So, um, you know, they all say, I am kind, I am brave, I am smart. Um, I'm a good friend and today is a great day. And so then, you know, so cute. I love like the best age for things like that. So I could just picture all of their sweet little voices like Uh chanting along. Oh yeah. It's so cute. And with their little hand motions, you know, and then, so when they're in speech, I know that like those affirmations. And so I might pull one and we might talk about what it means to be a good friend and read a social story. Um, you know, or we might, we might be in a time of conflict. And so I need to be like, oh, remember what it, you know, we're kind, (laughs) we use kind (laughs) words, Um, you know, or I've had my kids, I've had students even at four years old feel defeated and feel like they can't do something. And so that right there is where we talk about, you know, we, um, I don't know if you've heard of growth mindset, my school, Mm -hmm. my school district's really big on it. And so, you know, it's all about, you know, the not yet, um, instead of saying, no, we can't, it's saying, oh, we will. Right. Um, and so I have, you know, I've had sessions with, I had this one little boy a couple years ago who he, his phonology was just, whew, it was, is a hot mess. <laughs> um, and he knew it. He was so, so, so hyper aware of it. And so one day he just said, I can't do it. And he like, he just like fell back into his chair and I, um, you know, I kind of just stopped our whole session and I found like a, an activity that he was successful in and just mm-hmm. a fun play activity. And we did a few things. And then I said, look, you can do it. Say, I can do it. And so we, we just said, I can do it. Oh, look, I could do this. I can do that. Um, we went back to the classroom and I told him to tell his teacher, you know, tell her you can do whatever. And he did. And he was so proud by that point. And I think, um, you know, as, as, child like educators as clinicians even when you're working with adults um kind of incorporating things like that that language that incorporates those mindful you know mindful ways that we talk about ourselves right is really huge and positive Um, affirmations too from that age is so important because that's going to instill that so early yeah and another thing that you touched on which i really liked i remember I attended a PD that wasn't related to speech. It was 
I had to attend it like for working at an elementary school. And one thing that they were focusing on is being able to relate to your students. And one thing they said is if you make a mistake, that's a great teaching opportunity to tell your students that you made a mistake. So I know you had mentioned like, oh, Mrs. M needs a break too. And I think it's helpful for them to understand that like they don't need breaks because they're students, like everyone needs a break and mm-hmm. anyone can feel overwhelmed or defeated and things like that. I think that really helps them to kind of like associate more meaning to it, especially when yeah. they're younger, because um, those can be really difficult things for them to like grasp or understand. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. even as they get older, I think it's so important too, because some of these kids may have been in speech for Mm -hmm. However many years they're in sixth grade and they're still in speech and they've been in speech since they're in, they've been in kindergarten. And I feel like at that point they may really be having those opinions of, Oh, I just Mm -hmm. can't do it. Or why do I have to keep coming? And um, I think it's really important there to have some mindful talks. And I think that it's okay. Like you were saying earlier, Marie, like data is not the most important. It's important, but it's so important to also make sure that you're giving the child the education and the opportunities to talk to you. And I just, I think that's so huge, especially as, um, for SLPs that are first starting out to not focus so much on the data collection. If your child needs you and they need to talk to you and you need to talk it out, that's so important. And that's such a good use of your time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think we also want to know about your journal a little bit. We love hearing about all this mindfulness and now how can we as speech pathologists use it with your journal practice that I should say with your journal that just came out, um, about a week or two ago. Is that right? It, well, it was on presale now about almost a month ago. Oh, oh wow. Goodness. Okay. But, yeah. but it's officially like launch in stock congrats <laughs> it's so exciting um i am so excited thank you yeah so i mean really the journal is a product of like my last um i don't even know how old i am right now but like 15 <laughs> years of life i should say Great. when you know my mom gave me for christmas yeah. this year a a gratitude journal and uh it was just a composition book and I was like oh great Christmas gift but best <laughs> Christmas gift I ever got yeah. um you know and that was uh just really big because I remember her telling me and my siblings they all got one too but just you know the importance of a grateful heart and um I don't think you know just like I think about my preschoolers and trying to understand their big emotions I don't think at that age I was like okay, yeah, I get this. This is magical, you know, but I did it. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to journal every night. I'm going to try this thing. I'll fill it up and then whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was so, I looked forward to it. Even in high school, I was looking forward to going and writing down the good things that happened to me or, you know, 10 things I was grateful for or whatever. And then, you know, a little bit after high school, it kind of, you know, fell by the wayside a little bit, just that practice. And, um, it really wasn't until, uh, maybe, I don't know, after I was like well underway in my undergrad program where I started kind of, I think I was stressed out and I was like, I need to start getting back on my gratitude journaling. I think this will really help me. And it did. Um, But in the last, I don't know, five years or so, I've just been like, just really, especially with like going through my clinical fellowship after Mm -hmm. grad school and all that, like really forced the me time on myself. And 
what I do in my me time is journal. Um, if I'm not reading a book or watching a funny show on Netflix, I'm journaling. <laughs> um, and so about a year and a half ago, I was just, you know, on Instagram posting the things I was grateful for. Cause I thought maybe y'all want to know this. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty magical in my life when I'm, the more I'm grateful, the more good I see come out of it. Mm-hmm. So let me, let me see if anybody else wants to give it a try. And people did. I didn't think they would actually like, I just thought, you know, whatever, I'll share. But people were like posting their own gratitudes and tagging me on Instagram and stuff. And so, um, I was like, it was kind of my boyfriend. I have to credit him, but you know, he was like, see, you could create your own journal. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So I sat there and like drafted it out about a year or like, yeah, a little over a year ago. Um, and, uh, have worked on it pretty consistently for like, well, I don't know, work, get, you know, work gets crazy. (laughs) Last year I would like work on it on the weekends and do edits and things like that, but was, you know, didn't focus every weekend. So it took a little bit longer and whatnot, but then with COVID and all the quarantine time that I had on my hands, um, (laughs) it was a really great time because not only did I get really immersed in our SLP community on Instagram, Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized the, like, I realized the conversations that I was having with people were surrounding all of the things, like the gratitude, because people would message me and say, oh, I love that you're talking about gratitude. It's really going to help me. Or, um, you know, I would respond to people and say, oh, you're reminding me to be more grateful right now. And I was like, oh, this journal. Yeah. Like people could time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was just like, well, you know what, I'm going to, um, see, see what people think. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on it and I'm going to put it out. And, it's been so fun to put together because I basically took the way that I journaled and put it out on paper for other people to take a shot at. Um, and so it's meant for every day of the week to be used, you know, in whatever part of the day. And I, I was telling my mom, uh, cause I gave her hers this weekend. And I, I was going to say, how beautiful is that, <laughs> that now yeah, after truly. all these years, you can her one and you made it. Yeah, no, it was special. She actually, she's been texting me every day since like, Oh, oh my gosh. And this page, Oh, and this quote. So it has quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday to start your week, you have a different inspirational quote. And my mom got to pick some of the ones that are in there. Oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, I was telling her, you know, if you miss a day, it's not the end of the world. (laughs) And I just want people to know that because the thing is, is like, you know, I talk about it, the idea, the reason I did it for every day of the week is because the more consistent you are, we know this from our students, the more consistent you do something and you practice something, the more you're going to get out of it. And um, so I just wanted to set everybody up for success. But it's also, you know, it's like, if you miss a day, just okay. yeah. do the next day and don't, you know, the whole point of this is to be less hard on yourself. Um, but I've noticed that even like for me using it, cause I have missed a day. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, that's okay. Because I like, I feel like I can always go back. Cause now I know right. like, okay, well I missed Wednesday, but today's Thursday. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's been, it's just been really fun. And 
and I'm so excited. I'm seeing a lot of people um, starting to get them in the mail. So that's so uh, exciting. I feel like it's the perfect time to, to launch that mm -hmm. because I feel like, I mean, mindfulness obviously has been an important topic for a long time, but at the same time during quarantine and during this pandemic, I feel like it's even more so important and people are looking into it even more just because they need to find the good in things when everything else in the world is so crazy and scary. So um, I think that's awesome. And I know you also have your email list where you send out prompts, right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> I have a hard time promoting my... <laughs> that's okay. That's what we're here for. We can do it all day long. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So the Wednesday prompt is actually go, it's always going to be different. Cause I thought, well, you don't want to be, you know, you want something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so I'm always go every Wednesday morning, I'll send that prompt out through an email. So once you get your journal, you'll want to sign up for that email list. Um, it's really easy to do. Um, but, and there's instructions. I always send, I send instructions out with the journals, um, and a little thank you note. And, um, you, uh, you just, sign up and you get a new prompt every week. And so the fun thing about that, and Claire, one of your prompts is going to be in there um, one of these Woo! days. I'm so excited. <laughs> when, that was such a fun surprise. I, I love know. that. I know. Claire called me and was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, oh, no way. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, I do. We do have one more question for you and sure. it's totally random. Where did the name Thanks Morris come from? We have to ask. We were like, no. should we do it? We should just yes, ask her, right? Of course. <laughs> I love this question. I get it a lot actually. Yeah. Uh, so my boyfriend rarely calls me by my first name. Uh, we've been dating for four years too. So it's, um, you know, I'm pretty used to not being Marie to him, <laughs> but back when we were first dating, uh, I went through a series of different nicknames and I, I used to be like, can you just call me Marie? Like what, um, you know, why is that so hard? He would call me Maurice. He called me, um, oh, there were so many, I can't, and I still have, I have, they evolve, they're ever evolving, but, um, <laughs> So it's not Morris anymore, but it was Morris for a minute. And I loved that one. I was like, you can call me that one. I, I like it. I don't know what it yeah. is about the name Morris. Um, and uh, then when I was creating my Instagram, I was like, he walked, he walked in on something or like we were talking or something and he was being sarcastic and he said, okay, Morris. And I was like, oh, that would be a good Instagram name. But then he was like, but you're all about gratitude. It should be thanks, Morris. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I know. That. I was like, okay. And um, so, and it wasn't taken. So I was like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it worked out because I didn't know I was going to create a gratitude journal that back then. Right. That was years yeah. ago, and now here you are, right? Oh, that's it so It was fun. like manifested. Yes. <laughs> In that name. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So that's so, awesome. Yeah. Well, we were so curious because we were like, well, it's not her last name. So there must be a story there. <laughs> I know I get, I, I confuse people and then people are like, wait, your speech, that's a speech account. And I'm like, wait, wait. <laughs> it's great. It's different. It's I love everything. it. Well, and I was going to say, you don't just do speech stuff. You do a bunch of different things on it. So I think that's great. I love it. I love following yeah. you. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I, I am just so excited about this and to get to yeah. uh, connect more with you too. So definitely. Well, we appreciate you so much for being on this episode and for giving us all this information and all the information you give every day on your Instagram is seriously great. And I appreciate it a lot, just so you know, <laughs> but you. we, we love that you were on here and we hope to talk to you soon. 
Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. We wanted to just follow up on Marie's journal that she has out, the Say Thanks journal. I'm sorry, Say Thanks More journal. I just received mine in the mail last week and I just started it this Sunday and it's wonderful. And I'm so excited to have something to hold myself accountable because I think that's the biggest thing with mindfulness and what's the biggest um, kind of thing that keeps us from being mindful and practicing gratitude every day is not having something concrete that we can do every day. So having something like a journal, uh, whether it be from thanks Morris from Marie or another journal that you have that holds you accountable for those kind of thoughts is really good. Um, but Marie has made it really easy and I just wanted to kind of go through it real quick with you guys. Essentially you are doing something in the morning and at night is what the journal has for you. So it has, it has prompts, it has quotes, it has, um, the top 10 things you're grateful for. It's really just filled with positive vibes and positive thoughts and ways to really be thankful for yourself and the things in your life. And I love it because I think that in the morning and night are the biggest times that you really start to think about what you're doing and how you're doing it and how you should be going about your day to be happier and um, your goals and things like that. So the morning is kind of your goal. You're making your goals and then your night is your reflection. But an example is one that I actually, um, I guess I made, I, I won the, I won the giveaway for this journal just by having an idea for a prompt and the prompt was a quote. And my quote was to remember that you once only dreamt of where you are now. And then the writing prompt is to talk about something that was once only a dream and now it's real. And I think that's really uh, moving and it's always been a moving quote for me. And I think it's moving to think about because no matter what, no matter where we are in life, no matter what we're doing, we're different and we're in a different situation than where we were. And there always are going to be things that we wish weren't happening. And there's always things that um, are not how we wanted them to be. But I think there are so many things to be grateful for and there are so many good things. And I think that that's really good to count for. And it's important to count for, especially when you're trying to be mindful. Claire, you gave me goosebumps when you said that, because I remember, um, for those of you that don't know, Claire and I went to graduate school together and we were roommates with another one of our very close friends, Steph. And I remember there'd be times when we'd all like be sitting in the living room or someone's room and we'd be like, we just want to be done with grad school. We just want right. to be SLPs and have jobs. And that's the first thing that I go to when you say, you know, think of something that you dreamt would be real and now is. And that's kind of the first thing that I go to. Yeah, Is absolutely. That? And it's just so crazy. And sometimes I feel like we forget almost that we were once just those little grad students or mm -hmm. even just an undergrad student, like not even sure and not even really being able to fathom being a working SLP. And then here we are. Um, and, and I then, think, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, even if you think of it, think of it from a CF standpoint where mm -hmm. you're like, I just want to be more experienced. And I just want to feel comfortable in the therapy that I'm providing and feel confident with what I'm doing and not have so many questions or be so stressed out. And there's definitely still those moments. And we're definitely in a profession where you're constantly learning, um, which I think we kind of like about that. Um, 
that part of our profession, but we've seen awesome feedback already. Um, Marie has been posting and reposting all of the people that have their um, journals already and are participating in their gratitude journaling. So we are feeling so inspired by that. And maybe Claire, we should start each episode by saying something we're thankful for or um, being mindful. About I love that. In the past week. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, starting with a thankful thing, just something mm-hmm. we're thankful for, even in the last week would be a really good practice, I think, for us um, to kind of practice what we're preaching because we think this is so important and especially to start implementing with the kids that we're treating. You know, mm-hmm. it, I think that's huge is you really want to be consistent with what you're telling your kids to do. So if you're telling them, if you're incorporating it in your therapy sessions and you're telling them to, you know, take a, take a deep breath when you get really stressed and be mindful of where you're at and teaching them about mindfulness, we really need to start implementing these practices as well. And I feel like our students, at least mine, so I'm in an elementary school, but I feel like students are so wise and they say a lot of things that kind of catch you off guard and I have a student that I see twice a week and every single time he logs on he says Mrs. Hensel I'm so happy to see you I wish we could have real school I really miss my friends but I'll be patient and I'll wait until it's time and I just feel I know Claire and I both have like "Mm, bad eyes like yeah yeah. (laughs) um so I think you know, that's something that's maybe worthwhile to tie into your sessions with your students. Um, and like you guys just heard Marie talking about that she even incorporates it into her sessions with preschoolers. Mm-hmm. Like she's working with the littlest of the littles yeah. and you can still um, tie that in, whether it's saying something you love or you like, or remembering to take deep breaths or be patient or stay calm. And I feel like those are all such important things that everyone, no matter what age, um, can benefit from keeping in mind for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Just that check-in. And I think that's how I really try and bring mindfulness into my life. I mean, now I, I'm doing the journal, which is awesome. I think, like I said, just something to hold yourself accountable of being mindful every day. Journaling is great. Um, but I do think that just in my own life, when I am going throughout the day and in the motion and in those times when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I really try and center myself with breathing. And I think this started because of the amount of fluency clients that I have. I have Mm -hmm. a lot of fluency clients on my caseload um, right now. And I, I have in the past, that's kind of both Rachel and I's area that we like to work with and, Mm -hmm. um, influency diaphragmatic breathing is a huge thing. And we teach our clients that. So I've been doing that, I guess, since I've been an SLP and whenever I'm starting to feel overwhelmed or, you know, that anxiety in the back of your throat or your chest Mm -hmm. starts to build up, I do those breaths and it's crazy how much it helps. I'm, it's so hard because I, I feel like I'm one of those people that feels like my mind can just control everything. Like everything I think it'll be fine, Mm -hmm. but you, you really have to kind of let go of your thoughts sometimes and let your mind not be in control and let Mm -hmm. those breaths and your body rest and, you know, listen to your body and what it needs because your mind and your body work together so much. And I think that's the biggest thing I've been trying to learn is that I can't control everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I struggle with that too, for sure. And that, I feel like sometimes that goes hand in hand with learning to say no to things and Mm -hmm. it's okay. You know, if you work 
collaboratively with the team, it's okay to delegate things if you have people that are under you, if you're in like a supervisor role or whatever. So if you guys haven't heard of Thanks Morris somehow, you need to check her out on Instagram. Marie is awesome. Her page is awesome. Her website is awesome. She also has YouTube videos and a series there. She has her and own podcast. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's doing literally everything. Huge things. Huge things. <laughs> Yeah. So that wraps up this episode. Thank you guys so much again for joining us. We really appreciate it. And as always, you can find me, Rachel, on Instagram at Super Sweet Speech. And if you or anyone you know is in need of speech therapy in Southeast Michigan, feel free to email me at speechissupersweet at gmail.com. And you can also follow the Let's Talk About Speech podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. So make sure you give those a like and a follow. Don't forget to check out our website, letstalkaboutspeech.com. And we mentioned last episode that if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure that you rate review and subscribe and you guys have been doing it so thank you so much we would love to shout you out so make sure you leave a comment and you can find me claire on instagram at kindly underscore speech or my facebook page kindly speech llc and if anyone in virginia or ohio area is in need of speech teletherapy please contact me kindly speech llc at gmail.com and then rachel and i also have an email for the podcast let's talk about speech podcast at gmail.com So if you'd like to contact us that way or have an idea for a next episode or would like to be on our next episode, we love interviewing people. And um, if you have an idea for that, please let us know. And as always, you guys are awesome and we appreciate you listening and we hope that you got a lot out of this episode. Thanks. Bye.